0: Good evening. This is The Tomorrow Christian Today, reading Acts 10 in the NLT. Happy weekend. But first and always, we pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your word. We're going to read your word now. We want to learn from it. We want to be sanctified. We want to be holy. Help us, Lord, to resist the temptations of the world and to resist um, what the world throws at us. And there's so much contention in the world. So just help us to have the Holy Spirit to be full of calm, and peace, and joy. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. And we ask you, Lord, to help us to grow, to be sanctify us um, through your word. Your word is truth. I pray in the name of Christ. Amen. I hope everybody had a nice week. And the weekend is here. So why don't I read Acts 10? Uh, this is the chapter where Peter is told to visit a Roman soldier. And I guess Peter makes some... He, he lets go some preconceived notions, some prejudices that he has, and he's supposed to go to Joppa, which kind of sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Chapa. Get to the Choppa Well, Peter has to get to the Joppa. So why don't we read? In Caesarea there lived a Roman army so- officer named Cornelius. I think that was uh, one of the Planet of the Apes, that was one of the guys, Cornelius and Zira. But anyways, this is not an ape, this is a Roman army officer. Cornelius and Zira, who was a captain of the Italian regiment He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon about three o'clock. That's funny because Jesus died at three o'clock. And that's when the lamb was being sacrificed at three o'clock. And that's when the curtain was torn from top to bottom. And um, it was at three o'clock. So that that would be the ninth hour of the day. One afternoon about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him Cornelius, the angel said, Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. Boy, there's a lot of Simons, a lot of James, James, a lot of Johns, a lot of Marys but um, Simon Peter is staying with this other person who is a tanner. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. He told them what had happened and sent them off to Joppa. Peter visits Cornelius. The next day, as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. He was about, it was about noon and he was hungry, but while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles and birds. Then a voice said to him, get up Peter, kill and eat. No Lord, Peter declared, I've never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. So these are the Jewish laws. These are the ones from Leviticus. I also have have had discussions about this, that the vision means that you can eat anything you want, which I guess is technically true. Nothing is a sin. But you know there are some things I would never eat, and it's not in my culture to eat them. People have different cultures where they eat different things, and I think it more means about, um, you know, Peter's, Peter's, preconceived notions about Jewish people and non-Jewish people, or the Gentiles, which I think was kind of a, a code word for uncircumcised and outside the Jewish, right? Outside Jewish. So. They were not the chosen people. And I think that Peter, even though he's been walking around with Jesus for three and a half years, I think there are still some preconceived ideas that he has to let go of. And I think that's true for everybody. You become a Christian, you believe in Jesus, but now God has to sanctify you. He has to change you. He has to get into your heart. Um, And we have preconceived notions and ideas. We were taught things that are wrong. We have to unlearn things. Sometimes the Christian walk is not about what you learn. It's what you have to unlearn all these preconceived notions about the bible about religion i had the bible before i became a christian i had the bible before but i didn't really have jesus i didn't really have a reputation um a reputation a relationship with the master i heard people say about relationship with god relationship, a personal relationship with jesus it sounded kind of tacky and corny but i don't think so anymore Verse 15, the voice spoke again. Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times, then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. So three times. Peter was very perplexed. What could that vision mean? Just then the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. Standing outside the gate, they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, three men have come looking for you, Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. So Peter went down and said, I am the man you are looking for. Why have you come? Verse 22. They said, We are sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He is a devout and God-fearing man, well-respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message. So Peter invited the men to stay for the night. The next day he went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from Joppa. Get to the Joppa. They arrived in Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. And you know, this is really funny because I, I think I remember a story, and I saw this on a video and I just heard it recently, that Caesarea was a place that they had a lot of idols. And so when Jesus is asking them, who do you say that I am? The backdrop is him being in Caesarea and that he's kind of not standing near or standing by certain caves or places where they have all these different gods, all these fake gods, all these different idols. And Jesus says, as if the true God, the representation, the image of God is standing and saying, who do you say that I am? Am I just like these other fake idols with no power or am I the real deal? Am I really representing God? Do I really have the Holy Spirit to transform men's hearts? And I think that now the same thing has happened. They've gone to Caesarea, the exact same place where Jesus is declaring Himself to the apostles, and only Jesus and only Peter said, "You are the Son of God. You are the Christ." And and um, Jesus had said to him, "Remember, it's not men that told you this. It's my heavenly Father has revealed this to to you." So again, it's the same place. They arrived in Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. So he's very excited. He's very passionate about Jesus. And I think that that is what we need. to We need to be passionate about the message. And, you know, in a Bible study that I'm part of, um, with people from my former... Um, I'm still working there, but they're not. We're studying Revelation, and in Revelation... Verse three, at the very end, it's the church of Laodicea, and the church of Laodicea is lukewarm. They're neither hot nor cold, and Jesus says, "I'm going to spew you out of my mouth," like they're not excited about Jesus at all. They're apathetic. They don't care. They're not passionate anymore. They've lost their first message. Jesus has become altogether familiar with them. They they forgot about what they really have, you know. So I think that this guy here seems to represent. Wow, he's excited. Okay, he's not he's not part of the Jewish nation and yet he is excited. He wants the truth. He's hungry for the truth. He's like that those um you know the Jews, the Bereans and it's like they were hungry to study the word of God. And I would like to be hungry too. I would like to be hungry for God. I would like the Holy Spirit to live in me. I want to be hungry for that. I want God to transform me. I want the accesses of God to access God living in me. I want when Jesus comes out of that sky he says well done good and faithful servant and I have many things to be embarrassed and ashamed about but I want to be changed I want to be cleansed I want to be made well and maybe somebody out there is listening and they they want that too I don't tell you what to think I ask you to think about what I tell you as Peter entered his home Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him but Peter pulled him up and said stand up I'm a human being just like you So they talked together and went inside where many others were assembled. And I think that's the problem with a lot of false prophets. You know, people who started out in the Christian church, who um, have left for some reason, they're disenfranchised or disillusioned, and they kind of have their own opinions, but then people start elevating them and start worshiping them. And, you know, I was on a website and they were talking, they they had comments about um, where I formerly came from. And it's amazing how people will defend somebody who's not in the Bible. They'll waste all their time defending someone who's not in the Bible, who had Bible opinions and say that they're people of the book, people of Jesus. And yet they're wasting their time instead of worshiping Jesus. They're busy biding their time, trying to figure out arguments and convoluted ideas to try to defend a person who's dead in the ground and is is not part of uh, this reality anymore. And it's amazing to me. So much pride, so much narcissism, so much blindness. Like, I'm sorry, but putting somebody else in there, Galatians 1, 6 to 9, it says, let that person be accursed. But yet they just want to continue on their way. Just want to go la, 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 um, tripping into expecting that God is going to reward them for believing in Jesus and this other person. Absolutely stunning to me. Verse 26, but Peter pulled him up and said, stand up, I am a human being just like you. We're all human beings, we're all fellow Christians, we all have certain talents, you know, we all have certain uh, abilities and certain things that are not talents, dysfunctions, but we're all human. Jesus is the one who is the God-man. Jesus is the one who we're to elevate not waste time worrying about what some teacher said or what this said or what that said. Martin Luther was a great man, but he's dead. John Calvin was a great man, but he's dead. So when people are defending all these weird doctrines from these guys, everybody has a right to their opinion. But why waste, your t- why waste your time with somebody's opinion, even if they're a good, legitimate Bible teacher? Waste your time with Jesus in the scriptures. Jesus says in John 5, um, if... People don't give me honor, but if someone comes in his name, you will give him honor. And Jesus says, a prophet is not accepted in his own people, his own family, his own household. And that is very true. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. What are you busy worrying about somebody else for? I do not know. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. I like Oswald Chambers. I was reading him. He's absolutely wonderful. J.C. Ryle. I love David Pawson. You know, uh, wonderful dudes. But I don't waste my time worrying about what they thought. They're, they had their time. They have their opinions. There's Bible commentaries by different guys, Matthew, Henry. But they're all human beings and they've served their part in this world and they're dead now. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full into his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So they talked together and went went inside where many others were assembled. Peter told them, You know it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. Imagine, he's saying something like this He's been with Jesus for three and a half years. Well, Jesus said, I'm not sent to the Gentiles, I'm sent to the lost house of Israel. But Jesus was going out and hanging with non, um, you know, people who were not Jewish. I mean, the Styrophoenicians woman, a Styro-Phoenician woman, her daughter was very ill and Jesus says, great is your faith. He didn't, he didn't you know, he didn't um, snub anybody. It's amazing to me how we are all so narcissistic and pr- proud and full of ourselves, you know. I have met people in different faiths, in different churches, and I can understand. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I know that he is and yet they seem so nice, they seem so faithful. Is it that they're going to wake up sometime in the future? Is it that they just, there's some part of them that just refuses to change or study the Bible? They've just been given certain nuggets of faith and they're just happy with that? I guess I leave it up to God because I think Jesus is the way, the truth and the life and He, God would not have sent him and would not have given us the Bible if we didn't have to have some kind of standard To decide but i don't decide on who's in and who's out there's only one person i can control and that is me the fruits of the spirit are love joy peace patience gentleness faithfulness meekness self control not control of others not saturday keeping not sunday keeping not this doctrine and that doctrine those that i just mentioned are the fruits of the spirit That's what's important to God. That's priority when Jesus is your Savior. So I sent for you at once and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here. Oh, so I actually have gone. Now we are all here waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. So let's back up. Verse 29. So I came without objection, Peter says, as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you have sent for me. Verse 30, Cornelius replied, Four days ago I was praying in my house about the same time. Three o'clock in the afternoon, suddenly a man in dazzling clothes was standing in front of me. He told me, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. Now send messengers to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying in the home of Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. So I said for you at once, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. Where did this Roman soldier get his uh, faith from? Is, I mean, God revealed Himself to Abraham. Can He reveal it to a to somebody who's not Jewish, to who's a Gentile, who's outside? Uh, apparently, God can. This man is praying. Wouldn't be? Wouldn't be? Wouldn't it be hilarious if we kind of find out he's like say the centurion who said, "Truly, this man is the Son of God." Like, wouldn't it be an amazing thing when we get to heaven or we get to the new creation, the new earth, and we're sitting around? and we're reading this, or we, we have it in our minds, and somebody says, I'm that guy. And you go, wow, where did you get that faith? How did you how did you figure this out? Like, Did you just have an idea? Did you see Jesus walking around? Did he talk to you? Did, did he pass you by? Did he shake your hand and you just felt this power and you knew that he was not just a prophet, but the Savior, the Redeemer from God? Tell us. Inquiring minds want to know. Verse 34, then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. Well, finally, I wish some people in this world would see that. Instead of worrying about what their culture is and what their church teaches and what their, what their special readings teach and what their Bible teacher um, teaches, a favorite Bible teacher or some favorite false prophet, I wish people would just let it go. It's hard, it's not easy, if somebody comes to you and says, they have a different opinion, they start wagging their finger in your face. I don't appreciate that. And I don't want to do it to anybody. I'm passionate about what I believe, but I always want to hear what somebody else has to say, because maybe I don't have the right perspective, or maybe I have an incomplete perspective for sure. Or maybe I have a wrong hermeneutic and somebody else has something so much better. But I just want to have the right to listen and say, okay, I've heard everything. Let me let me go back and think about it. Let, let me ask God, to send, to send the Holy Spirit, let me just think about how I, if I'm going to modulate something, right? Relationships, love God, love other people, you know, and in that way, you'll, you won't hate yourself. All these people on YouTube talking about self-love, but does self-love really work? How do you do self-love when you don't have the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit is the one that, that makes you realize that you're valuable before God. So yes, you're going to like yourself more. But self-love without the Holy Spirit, that's kind of like a car trying to go on its own without its on its own resources when it's running out of gas. Like it, it actually just doesn't work. It sounds like a self-perpetuating picture, which is actually a picture that makes no sense. You have to, have to be a source of energy from the outside. When God comes in your heart and he lives in you and you know you're valuable before God, you know that God is real, you have that confidence in things not, things not seen, Hebrews 11 verses 1, then yes, you will be able to like yourself and love yourself more and realize I'm a person of worth because God is the one pouring the energy into you for you to be able to do that. When people say they got self-love and they're working on themselves, but they have no God, how how are you where are you getting the power from how how does how does a lawnmower fuel itself when it's running out of gas that's what the holy spirit is it's ruach it's energy but god won't come into your heart if you don't want him he won't do it right we can pray for people we can we can ask them to be changed you know bible says the holy spirit's groaning and jesus is our intercessor and God is doing them something or softening their heart, but they're the ones who got to open the door. Everybody, I, I took a long time in life. I'm not saying I, I didn't get it immediately. I got, you know, I mean, I was in a Bible study for many years with, with my Baptist friends. And then I just decided, you know, this is the this is this system of, of Jesus. This is the system that I want. This, this, is this, this is not the loose system. This is grace. Grace is so much higher than the law verse 37 you know what happened okay verse 36 this is the message of good news for the people of israel that there is peace with god through jesus christ who is lord of all that's the sabbath peace of mark two twenty-seven. that's the sabbath peace of romans 5 verses 1 and 2 it's not a day or a diet or some crazy belief it's an integration a belief in jesus he's your savior you're leaning into jesus You're trusting God. You're trusting that Jesus is the Redeemer and Savior of God that brings you back to God. That's what it's peace, to have that assurance, that blessed assurance, that Jesus is mine. Verse 37, you know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we apostles are witnesses of all he did throughout Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him to life on the third day. Then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to us whom God has chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We were those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. So he's saying, I saw the Lord. I saw him myself. I'm telling you the truth. Just what Jesus used to say to people, Verily, verily I say unto you. This sounds like what Paul Peter is saying. We we ate with him, we drank with him, we supped with him, we walked around with him. When he stopped for the night, we slept we slept there by him. We saw how he treated people. John says in 1 John, we handled the word of life with our own hands. Peter says, I can't go away from you, Lord. You have the words of life. I'm in it to win it. I'm all in. I think I would like to have this faith. Because there's so much disconnect and ugliness and people throttling each other and people using each other and discarding each other and throwing each other away. It's horrible. It's horrible it's really horrible people beating themselves up and 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 oh it's just man my head is spinning actually i just felt dizzy for a second there just the things that are going on like it's it's overwhelming you'll go crazy if you try to figure this out by yourself verse 42 and he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that jesus is the one appointed by god to be the judge of all the living and the dead Yes, I can't judge someone. I mean, I can say, according to the Scriptures, this person is not in Scriptures, this person is a false prophet, this person is damned to hell, but God is the one who carries carries this out. God is the one who judges. Verse 43, He is the one all the prophets testified about. Jesus is the prophet, savior, redeemer, king, poet, author of life, finisher of the faith, shepherd of the flock, the great bishop, the overlord, You name it, Jesus is it. Verse 43, He is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in Him will have their sins forgiven through His name. It's not about us. It's about the Lord Jesus and about His Father. And if you go to another church and they are nice looking and they hand you their pamphlet and they say they've got some other writings, some other truth, some other this, you hand them that pamphlet and you say, I, I, I wish you all the best. God bless you people. And turn around and get out of that church as fast as possible. As fast as possible. As fast as your legs can carry you out of that church. And get your wife and kids out of that church too. Because they are taking you down to hell with an alternative gospel. Verse 44, the Gentiles received the Holy Spirit. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Afterwards, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. Isn't that wonderful? Peter didn't say, well, you people are not really that smart. You don't have all the Bible knowledge that I have. We got to do some heavy, serious studying first before we even think of baptizing you. We got to go through some classes like, you know what? Are you ready to accept the Lord Jesus? Yes. The whole, Has the Holy Spirit been poured out on them? Yes. Are they Jewish? No. Are they Gentiles? Yes. Is the Holy Spirit given to both groups? Yes. Who is the Messiah of the Jews and the Gentiles? Jesus the Christ. Are you ready to be baptized? Yes. Then let's do it. Mark Triscoll says, if you want to be baptized, I've got shirts, and I've got towels. You'll be baptized today, and people are baptized, and hearts are being saved. I love that. I love that. Let let God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus work it out with the person 48 so he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ afterwards Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days praise the Lord I don't know how all of you felt when you got baptized in the Christian church I got baptized on January 27 2019 and I was ecstatic and you know what I'm even more ecstatic now since I thought I knew so much and I knew so little I knew the Lord Jesus so little. And I'm so grateful and so thankful to Him for guiding my life. And it doesn't matter if there's persecution or your wife leaves and takes your kids. It doesn't matter if you got debts on your head. It doesn't matter, because you know what? When you get persecuted, when you get mistreated, when when things start to happen to you, look, lift up your head for your redemption, draw nigh, God is saying, you're on the right path. When you're with me, you'll have tribulation in this world. But Jesus says, Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world and you will too. And I will be with you to the end of the age. Praise the Lord. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Merry Christmas to all of you. And I hope 2024 is good for you, even if it's not for the world, to have a closer walk with the Holy Spirit. God bless you all.